A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. podcast it's a double ripper of a show today as i've got phil back on how are you doing mate are you right oh good i am good yes that's good it's it's good to keep things buoyant at the moment because i mean we, we, let's 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 let the people at home have a peek behind the curtain phil we were saying before we recorded this what the, fuck, what the fuck do we talk about? Because it, it is quite dry at Tottenham Hotspur at the moment. <laughs> Just a season now. Everyone is everyone is on the beach, aren't they? They are in their um, armchairs, as the dearly departed Graham Soonis used to love saying. I think he meant deck chairs, but there we go. <laughs> um, it was yeah, it was pretty tame affair. You were you were at the game, mate. How how was that? Was it a good good kip? <laughs> yes, well, being a proper football fan like me, um, obviously I was at the game. Um, yeah, it was um, obviously the coronation, um, such an emotional and moving um, day in all. Uh, it seemed like there wasn't that, I wouldn't say that it was empty or anything like that, but there seemed to be a lot of empty seats. Um, it seemed quite relaxed, to be honest. I think everyone sort of come around to the fact that sort of whatever happened against Palace didn't really matter. We weren't really playing for any sort of big prize we're not keeping pace with anyone we're just limping our way to the end of the season it almost so, felt yeah, like so Palace were in that boat as well right yeah definitely I was I was a bit surprised that they didn't have any much more about them they were pretty solid but I kind of expected them to be a bit more um, adventurous because you know I don't know if you noticed but we're a bit of a soft touch at the moment at the back so well, you say that, mate, but that's the first clean sheet, albeit since February twenty sixth. But I mean that that's fucking awful, isn't it? Come on. Yeah, it's kind of inexcusable, isn't it? Really, I mean, not not just clean sheets, but absolutely soiled sheets, right? <laughs> With all kinds of muck. Given how many goals Filth. we can see, do it's like the the bed sheets in train spotting, <laughs> caked in it. It's caked in it, mate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, we, look looking at the uh, looking at the. God, oh god! Oh god! At least we're having a laugh, eh? Oh well, you know what a day. Um, Waking we, up, cuddling, well, filth. Anyway, come. Well, look. Let's let's talk about this because it's been. I had on here win for Big Mace. You know, I've been fairly, fairly impressed with him. One, one of these touches is, you know, it's quite a punchy move to drop Eric Dyer, right? He, he is, he's one of the big personalities in the team. He's on this now infamous players committee, which just seems to be a group of big lads that like to run their mouths. It's essentially what it is, isn't it? Um, the, yeah, the fact that uh, what, who was on it again? So it was Kane, Kane Lloris. Lloris. Fair enough, right? You know, yeah. But then it was Dyer. Dyer. 
Was there another one? Was it Skip as well, I think? Was Sun on it? No. No. It felt like it should have been. But that's the thing. It's like 75% of our players committee are the problem. Yes. <laughs> so no wonder we've been doing so badly. Uh, but it, it was, you know, it was it was pretty big of him to drop Eric Dyer. We've had a clean sheet as a result. I mean, I quite like... I quite like Big Mace. You know, I think he's I think he's done a good job. I I think he I, I agree generally speaking with people that he needs to cut his teeth somewhere else, right? You'd like to see him take over a Hull, maybe even Hull. He's got some affinity to the club. Oh, I don't know if he's kind of scarred by the experience, obviously with what happened, but mm. do you know what I mean? Take on a kind of club championship league one, cut his teeth a bit and then we can see what happens. But I mean, Harry Kane said after the game that Mace is bringing the kind of the values back to the club. Some of those values that we had under Pochettino that have since been lost. Are you happy with him? Do you like him? Yeah, yeah, very much so. I mean, I've got a sneaking suspicion that this is just us kind of reverting to a bit more of a normal team. Like, I don't, I, I don't. I mean, it's it's the fact that we've been sort of starved of any sort of consistency or sensible play that yeah. you know him making changes um to the starting lineup or the or the tactics or in game that's kind of what normal managers do and normal clubs do and they drop players like Eric Dyer we don't seem to do that so as much as you know yeah he's done it and he's been really good i do think that there is element of we've just been so bad in those kind of areas that he's just standing out as doing something pretty straightforward that is actually unsurprisingly reaping the benefits as well but good on him absolutely i think he's um yeah that that question about him whether he needs to cut his teeth somewhere um i think so but then i can understand why he's probably a bit reticent to do that at the moment because he has got it quite good at spurs i think i mean he gets some good experience and good exposure he's quite close to everything um, it's just about his um, him, his personal ambitions being a manager. I mean, w- would it surprise me if he's managing somewhere next season other than Spurs? Yes, it would. The season after that, I think, is probably when he would look to be going somewhere. Do you think it's better for us if Nagelsmann, say, comes in and Mason stays here and again learns or is working alongside that, that type of manager? Because... Nogglesman in particular would be interesting given that he's a particularly young manager. Um, that if Mason can kind of tap in some of that expertise, if you like, of how, how someone like Julian Nogglesman has managed to get to where he has done in the game mm. by being, you know, this kind of skateboarding nerd. That how, how does he command the respect of a, of a group of players, kind of thing? I know Mason has played the game, TM. Um, so I guess it's not the cleanest comparison but in short do you think it would be better for us to just keep hold of him and have him about the place for the greater good of Spurs eventually I I, I think so yeah I I think it makes complete sense you know I think his inclusion in the coaching staff you know he's the consistency over admittedly some terrible times but I think that's important you know that link between a new setup coming in and and the and the team and the people who respect him and whatever um, and you know he would be like one of what six people in the technical area. So I don't I don't think it'd be a huge like what's the word I'm looking for. Um, well, 
it, it wouldn't be a huge negative. Like he wouldn't be looming over the the technical area and like oh god, Mason's there and he's you know he's such a big force and a big character. I don't think he's at that stage yet, and I don't think he probably ever would be. But so yeah, I, I think it it definitely makes sense to keep him around. You just would though, wouldn't you? It's just there'd be no reason to sort of cut him loose. He's he's very much. I mean, he's not a director of football, but he's almost got that kind of role within the coaching element. He's that consistency. Mm. You're not particularly fond of the idea of playing in the Europa Conference League, are you? Um, whereas I kind of am, and I've, I've got to say, mate, Harry Kane is as well. So, you know, I think you, uh, you've you chosen the wrong side there, buddy. But Well, yeah, I don't think Man United are going to be in the Conference League next season, mate. So I don't know what Harry Kane's talking about. But no, in... Um, uh, you've put words in my mouth there, Jack. What I said was, <laughs> I just need I need a heel, all right? <laughs> I need a baddie. No, what what I said is that I think you know it'd be great if we were in European football next season. My only sort of issue with it, and it, 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 it's it, if you think about it in this sense, so say if we got top four this season, we got top four. We limped over the line. We had Eric Dyer at the back four. We had Hugo Lloris in goal. We had, you know, the team playing the way it does. But we somehow, you know, some of the, when we lost to, or when we drew with Southampton, yeah. Southampton, we got a win. You know, we turned those kind of weird performances into actual wins rather than drosses, losses or defeats. Well, drosses is uh, is particularly drosses. Is, yeah, yeah, is yeah. that's apt. a Freudian slip, isn't it? Yeah. Um, then we'd be less likely to see the change that I think that we need. You know, yeah. because. Yeah. You know, this system, however awful it is to watch and experience, it works. You know, we got top four. What There's no need to change everything. I mean, that gets less and less important as you go from Europa League to Conference League. But I've just got this feeling that if it's more about if we dropped out of European competition, then I think that the positive from that would be that Levy would have to do something. He would have to kind of think, oh, actually, this doesn't work anymore. We can't afford to have two seasons out of Europe. We need it for the gate receipts. We need it for the take-ins on match days. We need as many match days as possible. I need to do something. I need to change. That might be naive of me to think, but that was the only reason why I was, th- why I was thinking, if we don't get into it, then it's not going to be necessarily a negative. Might not come to pass anyway. And I think we probably do squeeze into the conference league. <laughs> come I mean, on, you Spurs. Sure. <laughs> Should we go to one of those like random preliminary, you know, the, the preliminary preliminary oh, yeah, rounds yeah. where they, I think last time we flew off to, was it Famagusta or where was it that the the little kind of the, one of the Greek islands yeah. and there was about 10 people that lived on the island and we yeah, played yeah. basically an academy side out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, those are probably starting next week, aren't they? Those, those final yeah, rounds yeah. will be better. <laughs> we better hurry up and get there, but we get management. I do think, you know, it, I, I get, I do get the reasons why it's it's annoying the 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 added burden of games or games that aren't of a certain prestige. However, I just think we're kind of back in a place. I I don't know. I'm I'm pretty certain we're back in a place now where we can't turn our noses up at something like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I think we need to be in a competition like that be happy to be in it and try and win it because it would be class to win it it would be I, I, I know it's really annoying at the start and it would be 
especially annoying if Arsenal have a really good run in the Champions League next year and we're there getting all pumped about a quarter-final against, you know, FC Toilet Duck or whatever. But <laughs> it's... God, that's so Brexit in it, those sort of jokes nowadays. <laughs> I've never heard Toilet Duck before, though. Yeah, I don't get that. That's a... Uh... A cleaner version of what you usually say, I think. Yeah, <laughs> but they, I would, I, you know, just think about it, mate. That the hot summer evening, Tottenham in a European final, and we we would have there would be semi-finals, quarter-finals, semi-finals. There would be fairly decent teams. You'd have your probably teams like you know a PSV or mm. you know, <laughs> I don't know Bra- <laughs> Braga or something. You know, it'd be all right. Oh. Titans, mate. Titans. <laughs> I just want to see us win something, all right? You know? Yeah, that, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and it's you know, a nice looking is... trophy. I like the green. I like the trophy. It's all right, you know? Yeah, I, w- I would say that both the Europa Conference and the Europa League trophies are better than the Champions League trophy itself, as aesthetically. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is just me doing mental gymnastics about what, of all the possibilities. Because whenever... I mean, I can't remember the last time we weren't playing in Europe, but when we've like sacked off the Europa League or sacked off the conference, you know, and you kind of tell yourself, oh, that's fine, you know, it was just getting in the way anyway. And then when it gets to like a Thursday night and other teams are playing, you're like, oh, Spurs could have been playing tonight. I could be watching a Spurs game. I mean, it might have been awful, but you just, as a Spurs fan, you want to see as many football matches as possible. Um, you know, we've also got this thing where you go, like, well, you can play the kids and whatever. We've never done that in our history, really, have we? I mean, it's always something that we tell ourselves. Yeah. Good to get the kids to run out, have a look at some of these academy prospects. Never really kind of works that way. Do it a little bit in the you know the preliminary rounds, like you just said, but it never really plays out. Why are we so um, annoying in that way, though? You know, like why don't we just do stuff? Why are we so annoying? Do you know what I mean? Like, why can't mm. just fucking stick Alfie Devine out? Don't care. I just want to see him play. Stop being annoying. Yeah, I hope on him. Hopefully, we see him like in the in the Brentford game at some point. You know, I mean, it's just, it is just bizarre, especially. In, but again, like Lucas Morris is Luke Morris. Lucas Mora is gonna um, come on and get like a guard of honor or something, isn't he? Yeah. In, in that last home game this season, because then he'll be off. So it's it's all gonna be. I don't know, but you're, you're right. We we never seem to do things the the sensible way. That's why we love him, which everyone says, which is not true at all. That's why I hate him. Yeah, isn't it? Like, I love him despite things like that. Yeah. It's not the you reason. You wouldn't have it any I other like way. No. Yeah, I would have it. I would have it every other way than this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry Kane, obviously, mentioned him there. He's talking about the Europa Conference League, saying you've got to pay respect to every competition that you're in. He's given some other fairly kind of candid quotes. The first intimation. And it's it's not overly warm, but it's still a, uh, I would say it's a nudge towards the idea that he might sign a new contract at Tottenham, or at least would stay at Tottenham and wouldn't mm. agitate for a for a move this summer. Um, his quotes being asked about the new coach, new coach that's down to the club. If I end up speaking with the chairman towards the end of the season, then I'm then I'm sure he'll fill me in on what he's thinking. He's obviously broken a big record this weekend, mate. Um, now the second highest scorer in Premier League history. Done it in 
I think it's 174 less games than Wayne Rooney, which is pretty phenomenal. Guy is clearly our greatest ever player, at least in the modern era. How just I mean, how important do you think he is to us, mate? Because there's a lot that's made about are we too tethered to him? Does it stop the board from acting because they can rely on Harry Kane? Does it stop the team from upping their own performances because they feel they can fall back on do you know what I mean? These we're talking about mm. mental gymnastics, these kind of things. But to me, he's you know, as I was saying in the post match pod the other day, life evaporates. It'll be no time at all before we're looking at old videos of Harry Kane thinking, fucking hell, I wish we had someone like that now, you know? But it just yeah. seems to be this, maybe it's self-preservation or something, but a, 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 a sense amongst some people that we might be better off without him. I mean, where do you stand on all that? Well, this season we've probably been in a relegation fight, if not already down without him. So I, I don't buy any of that at all. I think that's just kind of over-intellectualising something he's our best player we've ever had we wouldn't be better off without him that's just not not how it works does that mean there's life for Tottenham after Harry Kane of course there is you know we've had this before we've had yeah. Bale leave Modric leave Berbatov leave <sighs> all the rest of them um and someone else always comes along will they be as good as Harry Kane I doubt it because he's such a special talent you know that's that that's more credit to him than you know saying how kind of depressing it might be after he goes um we should do everything we can to keep him there's there's, there's no let's cut our losses and start again that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater if we can keep him for until the end of his career then he's still going to score goals he's going to score goals until he hangs up his boots do you think we have more power than we sometimes think we do in this one because when you assess the options that are likely available to him leaving this summer it's going to be probably Manchester United I dare say a Pochettino led Chelsea will have a punt but I can't see us selling to Chelsea out principle especially to Pochettino as well I think there'll probably be a bit of iciness there between Spurs and Poch and Chelsea so we'd probably demand ridiculous money from Chelsea for that to happen. Manchester United, we'd, it would probably still be fairly icy. Would he go to Bayern? Could you see Harry Kane in Germany? I, I personally couldn't. I think he would definitely want that Shearer record, but he might step aside from that for someone like Real Madrid with that, you know, that history behind the club. But really, if you... If we go back to the sort of options he has, Chelsea probably won't happen just because of politics and everything like that. You'd hope it wouldn't. If he's going to Manchester United, well, is he? does he want to carry the whole legacy talk and everything like that over to a club where, what, he might win a Carabao Cup? You know, he might win an FA Cup. Maybe they'll win the Europa League, potentially. But does that stop the likes of Michael Richards going on TV? Asking, asking Harry Kane what he's won, because I don't think it does. I think the the only thing that stops that kind of quietens those noises are Harry Kane winning a Premier League or a Champions League. And if he's not going to do that, then at least if he's at Spurs, he's a one club man and he's broken all these records playing for shit old Tottenham. You know, he's kind of got that get out of jail free card on that front. 
But I mean, do, I mean, am I just am I blind to the fact would Manchester United actually be a contender with Harry Kane in their team? Um, it is really difficult to say, and you're right about him. You know, it, it is a risk for him now. You know, this the move to City a couple of seasons ago when that was on the table, that made sense. You know, to him, that made sense to City. They were changing the guard in terms of Aguero leaving before Haaland, Kane slotting in there made complete sense and is almost a guarantee of certainly a Premier League, maybe even a Champions League as well. That is not the case with any of the teams that are now might go for him. You know, that being said, City could still come in for him. Um, would he then want to sort of play second fiddle to Haaland or, you know, share his goals with Haaland? I don't, I don't know and I doubt it. So Man, Man United seems to be the team that everyone's talking about because they need a striker. I mean, I don't know if it's head ruling heart here for me, but for him to kind of take that step, you say it's not it's not a foregone conclusion that success comes. I mean, you know, with Harry Kane's goals, Man United are likely to win more games. But I, I still think they're a little way off in terms of their overall structure and their overall team to certainly challenge for the Premier League. I don't think they're anywhere close to even Arsenal, let alone City, uh, maybe even Newcastle. Newcastle, another team that is possible, but I don't think that would happen. It's not a bad show. If, if that if that were to happen, I don't think that would happen this summer. That sort of uh, if if Kane runs down his contract, he's got all the options, all the clubs. Who knows where Newcastle will be and what they'll what their squad will look like after this year or after this next season? That's a possibility. Again, is that are you more likely to win trophies there? It's it's hard to say. So. I reckon for him, I don't think he's going to make a decision this summer unless, as you say, Real Madrid come in. I'm in two minds about whether he'd go for that. I mean, I do think he's got a little bit of the I want to be a Ballon d'Or winner. I want to be not just compared to Alan Shearer. I want to mm. be compared to maybe not Messi, but, you know, Mbappe and these sorts of players. So is there that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't... Based on nothing, you know, obviously I've never met the bloke, don't know him, don't know what he's thinking. I, I don't know. We we get told, you know, Alan Shearer's record, he needs to win something. We don't know if any of this is or what's important to him. We can assume it is, but we, we don't know. Um, Chelsea, yeah, I've got a feeling Chelsea might actually be pretty good next season. Well, they're, they're, they'll either be pretty good or they'll be absolutely ruined forever. That's that's the thing with Chelsea. So, Pochettino there. Yeah, I could see that happening. I mean, we're Spurs fans. What's likely going to happen at the end of this season? Arsenal win the league. Pochettino takes over at Chelsea, takes takes Kane away from us. Um, wins a Champions League. With him. Wins a Champions League. He's finally done it. And then he wins the... He beats Shearer's record wearing a Chelsea kit. Um rather than ours. So we don't even have that to kind of look back on. Um, sorry, I'm being very sort of cynical here. But yeah, with him, I mean, I don't know. Those, those quotes that you recited there, very well might I add. <laughs> he, I, I, I don't know what that means. I, I think that's that, that seems to me he's just trying to stay out of it. He doesn't want to get drawn onto anything. He probably learned his lesson from and probably felt a bit uncomfortable with the whole Gary, round of golf with Gary Neville a couple of years ago think he's probably just like stepping back and not saying anything what, what's he going to say about Mason he's obviously going to support him can't say anything else 
doesn't know anything about a manager because no one does. So yeah, maybe I'll speak to the. It just it, to me that was non-committal either way. I just don't want him to go. You know, I think that's. I just want him to. I just want that. It's like Con's always saying to me. I just want that photo of Harry Kane lifting something in a Tottenham shirt. You know. Yeah. Like, why can't we just have that, Phil? Why? Why doesn't it? Why is it like? You know. All the catastrophizing, people will say like, oh, stop being so negative. But Arsenal probably will win the league. And then Chelsea will sign Pochettino and Kane and win the Champions League. Because years of being a Spurs fan have taught us, that's the way it goes. That's what happens. Mm. You know, we are in hell. <laughs> we just are. I can't get away from that. But please, Harry, if you are listening, mate, just go on. So like, give, us, give us maybe another year. Give us a one-year contract extension. Then go to Man United and win fuck all there win a Carabao Cup there and have everyone blame you for that because that's the other thing right he goes yeah, to Man exactly. United and they don't win the Premier League oh well that's obviously Harry Kane's bottle gene coming over to Manchester they were supposed to win something now they got Harry Kane but they didn't it's all his fault not the fact yeah. that the club's been basically as much a clown car if not more than Tottenham for the past decade you know like yeah. United have been a shambles how, could you, how oh. can you seriously in 2023 be considering going there too. When you see Manchester City now, and you even see, like you say, Arsenal this year, Liverpool really as well, and they've had they've started to end the season strong, right? And they've been mm-hmm. a bit wank this year, but still, for the past few years, Liverpool have been phenomenal. Are we saying United are anywhere close to them? Newcastle on the up, yeah. I I just I'm not. I don't see that Man United move as being that good or that smart. Um. So yeah, yeah, it it could be that he's just sort of he's he's, and it wouldn't surprise me if this is the case that he's just focused on England. England is his priority. Mm. Spurs is like training camp, and playing for England and winning something with England is his pro. Not that you know that, that's well out of his hands. That, that in terms of obviously you can affect it or blast the ball, blast the penalty over the uh, a bar in a semi final, but. It might just be that that he's not he's not overly. I don't know. Look, we could talk about this for ages, can't we? Without really without really knowing what's what what is um what's going to drive him. But yeah, Man United. You go there. You don't win the Premier League. or You don't win the Champions League. It's Harry Kane's fault. Tottenham, you know, flopped throughout all these his tenure. It suddenly changes the narrative about things again. Whether he cares about that, you. Who knows? I mean, I doubt he's got people like shouting at that at him across the road, or his kids getting bullied because he's never won anything. I don't know, but it, it is definitely it would definitely be a risk, Man United. And that's just you know the the reason Man United's name is getting banded around is just that is their sort of media cartel, isn't it? Well, I mean, do you think there's much to what Michael Richards is saying? Though? Michael Richards, Premier League winner himself, as a substitute for Manchester City yeah, at the time barely yeah who has gone on who after that point went on to be Aston Villa's club captain got them relegated I think did he go out to Fiorentina for a bit did all yeah. right out there but you know he, he was a player with a hell of a lot of promise very unfortunate with injuries and had a fairly unspectacular career as a result of that right mm. is sitting there in that hideous jacket <laughs> talking about Harry Kane's legacy a man who has just surpassed Wayne Rooney as the second highest scorer in the Premier League 
I just it it seems it seems like madness to me. Like there, there can be, I'm sure there's plenty of names that we can list off if you actually go through it. Who's won a Premier League, and you would even question who half of them were. Mm. That that this is an actual discussion that it's somehow and I do, I don't I do get it I do get it but it's all because I do think there is something in there I think there will be that question mark over why has a player as good as Harry Kane not won one of the big ones I get that but it's all held in such bad faith isn't it it's all reduced to this memeified banter narrative Tottenham have bottled it blah 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 what has he won though Right, and it's in mm-hmm. the the mainstream media. Not to go Alex Jones about it, but the mainstream media do know that they're prodding this fire. Right, they they're more in touch now with internet culture and what people are talking about, especially young people, and they do mm. fan the flames of this type of shit. So much so, I find myself now watching your average kind of Sky program, even match of the day and stuff a lot of the time, and I just think. What it like? What is the point of this discussion? Do you know what I mean? Because so much of the chat now on on Super Sunday or whatever it is is just such disingenuous garbage. Do you know what mm. I mean? Nobody. They all just talk like politicians now. Everybody talks in this kind of affected pantomime-like fashion, rabbiting off lines that have been fed to them by a producer or something because they know what's going to create the most discussion online or something like that and it's it's just so boring it's just so disingenuous i know i've i'm not really sort of asking you a question or leading to a point i'm just having a bit of a rant about it all but i i just i did find that michael richards thing just a bit just guff you know yeah yeah it's just i mean look let's say he went to city won a premier league beat shearer's record people would still say Oh yeah, but Shearer won it at Blackburn. Not, not. Although you know, Blackburn were the city of of the yeah. time, and anyone who tries to kind of change that narrative or retro retroactively change that is is wrong. That that's exactly what happens. But yeah, so there there will always be people to give him barbs and 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 jabs at him, mainly because he's once dared to wear a Spurs shirt. Um. Just, yeah, and, and you're absolutely right about the, the narrative. And I was kind of thinking about this, like you've got all these, you know, people sitting around the table at Sky Sports and I mean, like, you know, when, when they're actually out of ground, all these kind of stalwarts of Premier League winning teams, you know, people like Rio Ferdinand, I know it's BT Sport, but Gary Neville, you know, all, all these kind of big, big names. And because Spurs were shit during the period that they were playing and, you know, didn't didn't ever achieve anything we don't have anyone to fight our corner we've got Jamie O'Hara bless him and and Darren Ambrose who didn't who never even played for Spurs so it it just shows you we're just on we're just an easy target and as you say it's absolutely about clippable content oh look Michael Richards has slagged off Harry Kane ha ha that's going to get more traction than Michael Richards says Harry Kane's the best strike in the world that's just just the way it is it Unfortunately, it's just a really cynical, cynical thing at the moment. Well, let's let's move on from the the potential for Harry Kane to leave the club and go on to Hugo Lloris, who might be leaving the club. Um, it is a sad way for him to bow out, really, isn't it? That Newcastle game, but 
I think that Newcastle game, if anything, it just showed you. You know, you remember what it was like towards the tail end of Ledley's career when you're watching him and just thinking, this is horrible to see. And it's just, yeah, yeah. it's time for him to sort of hang it up. Good effort. Very different mm-hmm. circumstances around both of them retiring, well, leaving Spurs. Ledley, obviously, had an enforced retirement. Hugelaris just getting old, basically. It's time for him to, like, it would be disappointing to see him get offered a new contract, wouldn't it, really, now? It, it is time, isn't it, for him to go? So, so is, is his contract out in the summer? As far as I'm aware, yeah. In the summer? Yeah, he's Because I've got a feeling, summer. yeah, I mean, I've got a feeling he's going to be here next season. Whether or not he'll be our sort of, like, mm. nailed on number one, I've still got a feeling he's going to kind of squeeze another year out of this. And I'm sorry, that, that sounds like I've been unkind to him. You know, it, it, it's hard, with certainly with a, a goalkeeper, when... They've had you have such a long career, and then you know you generally play uh, well into your late thirties. Your body gives up on you. It it, it it's going to take a few years before people actually are able to reflect on how good he was for us when he was at his best. Because he was, you know, there's absolutely no yeah. doubt about it. You can't kind of it is it's because it's it, it's it's recency bias, right? You'll be like, oh, he's he's fucking shit. Yeah. He, he let in five goals in 21 games, ah, whatever. It's like, yeah, that, that is true, but that's just kind of a, a byproduct of someone coming to the end of their career. You know, that it's probably more on us that we should have clocked that beforehand and had a succession plan in which I swear we've been talking about who our next goalkeeper is going to be for, you know, since Pochettino, right? That's why there was all these talks of understudies, not just second second choices but understudies of, of who's going to come in and eventually take over Lloris we've got Fraser Forster now I mean he's not necessarily going to take over but again it, it kind of takes me back to that same point about Mason where suddenly we're just kind of reverted to being a normal a relatively normal team that plays normal football same thing for Fraser Forster he hasn't necessarily done anything spectacular he just hasn't done anything absolutely bonkers which Lloris was doing so suddenly he looks like well, this is just what a normal, let's say, six and a half, maybe seven out of ten every game keeper does. A professional Premier League goalkeeper will make certain saves. They might make the odd error in line with the average over the season, and that's and that's fine, and that and that's good. It, again, it's just that that's more of a reflection on how off the ball Loris has been. Yeah, and you know it's because it's happened so gradually over the last three or four years. We've haven't really noticed that much i would say i mean you know apart from some some obvious clangers he's dropped because we just got used to seeing a goalkeeper do these things like not be able to chip the ball out to someone on the wing or just blast it out for a throw in or you know i won't go through his litany of errors but it's just that sort of thing because he hasn't been a normal goalkeeper for ages and he never really was was he i mean when he first came he was that sweeper keeper type yeah that was his thing he was all about sort of aggressive, coming out, getting the ball. Never about sort of playing ball to feet or whatever. He was always very, as I say, sweeper keeper. When he stopped being that, that was when he could only then had to rely on his world class ability to make saves. You know, he's made some incredible saves that other keepers don't make. But he's also made some errors that other keepers don't make. So it kind of, I don't know if it evens out. Do you buy that he's injured? Are you into more of the conspiracy shit that they've had some Barney and he's just, you know, sitting out the rest of the season? 
I mean, I would be surprised if he wasn't. But it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I think it's one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, of course he is. Yeah, of course, of course he's yeah, injured. And it's yeah. quite easy to kind of fall into that trap. He didn't look injured. You know, he wasn't... He didn't look like he strained anything. And that's usually what happens with goalkeepers. They, you know, ha- get clattered or something and then get taken off. He just seemed terrible. Although, you know, it's also conceivable that he's been carrying this hip injury. They've rushed him back. And then come half time, he says, look, see, look what happens. I told you I'm not fit kind of thing. So. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, he doesn't strike me as that. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it could go either way. Um, I, I don't think he's been sort of like unceremoniously booted off. No. And I, I don't think it's like, you're not going on the pitch. You're a disgrace. I don't think it's that. I think it's probably, if anything, him saying, I'm not up to it. Yeah. Or being injured. You know, remember when Vertonghen, bless him, went off after, you know, I think it was probably his last performance for us or one of them. And he, you could just tell that his, he just he just couldn't keep pace with the league anymore. And you, I just got a distinct mem- uh, memory of him sitting on the bench with yeah. his like, head in his hands, just panting and being like, yeah, yeah, it was horrible. And, you know, it's quite ob- obvious what was going through his head because he'd been terrible for a few games and like suddenly quite terrible. And it, as much as it pains me to say it. So... Yeah, Fraser Forster's been decent though. I thought. I mean, mm. he's dare I say, he's actually good. Like he's he's not just kind of like this steady Eddie. Like he's actually a, he's a decent keeper, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. If Larice goes in summer, we don't manage to sign, say a tier one keeper that we want. If whatever David Ray or something, it's not it's not happening because Brighton are in Europe and all that type of thing. Um, would you be that averse to having maybe a season with Fraser Forster between the sticks? Not in the slightest. I think, as I said before, like I think he's, whereas he hasn't yet, I don't think he's necessarily got that sort of world-class element to him. He's good and he, he's professional and he, he knows what to do. He doesn't seem to make too many errors. I mean, some of the kind of goals that we've conceded recently with him between the sticks some have kind of pointed the finger at him you know there's this idea that he's slow to get down I don't I don't know about that to be honest I think that's just kind of being under the microscope and you can pick holes in anything um, again I think I think the, these are our keepers going into next season so and I think Forza will be the the mainstay it's uh, Reyes at Brentford isn't he Sanchez who's at Brighton but you know points yeah. still stands doesn't it and I mean I think from what I mean, I've I've not studied either of them. They both seem like decent keepers, and I understand that everybody's very very excited about the idea of Tottenham signing one of them. But are they likely to be like miles better than Fraser? For- I mean, maybe they will be. They're both a lot younger than him, so you know it's it's every possibility. But I don't know. Goalies are such a it's such yeah. a weird position, isn't it? There's so much pressure on it because you're only really signing one big unless you're Chelsea you're only signing like one main keeper and you're you're really hoping that they're going to turn out to be really good right yeah yeah Raya for instance he doesn't strike me as someone who's that commanding if we compare him to Fraser Forster I know who I'd be more comfortable with just again looking at them and and how and how Forster kind of plays and how I've seen Raya play 
Forster seems more command. That doesn't mean Forster's a better keeper than him. Ryan might be amazing. You know, I haven't watched them that much at all. Um, again, though, it just feels like we shouldn't. We, we should be a year, a season or two ahead of where we are in ter- in regards to our goalkeeper. But again, yeah. it's just it's reflective of how how little attention has been paid to the squad. And that we're now just like, oh, do we risk getting someone in who, and then just dropping him in, and now he's our massive, you know, he's our first choice keeper under massive pressure, stepping up from either of those two clubs to come and be Spurs' number one after, you know, regardless of his more recent form, Lloris has just been there. I don't don't know, man. It just feels like such a big, uh, unnecessary pressure that doesn't end well. Or, or or doesn't lead to the most positive outcomes. You know, we should have been, we should have been, we should have known who our sort of um, replacement for Loris is eighteen months ago or a year ago. It's not like Loris was getting any younger, and you know, quite obvious that we had to replace him at some point. And we just haven't. So, so now, now we're in a bit of a tricky position, which is why I'm kind of like, if we end up with Forster. It's, it's, it's pro- probably the most comfortable position. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're talking about squad mismanagement, the... the guess the negligence to the playing staff um, from the club for the past few years just basically the footballing matters in general they've seemingly fallen by the wayside a bit and I do I do think we sometimes lose sight of the fact that things like Covid have happened Covid literally happened as soon as we opened up our new ground probably does need to be a level of forgiveness extended to the board and everything but I don't think even just on that level, it, it feels like there's just been a blasé approach to, to appointments, right? Bringing in Mourinho, bringing in Conte. It's very easy in retrospect to say this, but when you actually think about it now, especially the Conte appointment, I understand the, the idea that we might have been in such a deep hole, but many of us even thought at the time, we were like, why, why are we bringing in Conte now? If you wanted somebody mm-hmm. like Conte, the time was after a Pochettino like around the time but we missed the boat with that we brought in Mourinho that was our th- that was our final throw of the dice at that and now let's sort it out Paratici completely balls that one up though with the, that summer of trying to find somebody we ended up with Nuno and then Conte comes in so it's just it's not been it's not been good it's all been a bit all over the place it feels like now we need to build towards something new um, and it probably is it's a stark reminder when you think that four years to the day, mate, we were in a Champions League semi-final in Ajax, well, in Amsterdam, beating Ajax in what the most 
unbelievable game that I've ever seen as a Spurs fan. I'm sure you would count yourself in that, mate. Um, how do how do you feel now? Four years on, it's kind of it's 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 sad, isn't it? But I I I seem to recall even at the time you and I sort of saying this is kind of this is even more poignant because this feels like the end of it for a while. And it did, didn't it? I don't think we were sort of wrong in that assessment. When you look at the kind of how the past four years have been, it's not a massive surprise, is it? Because things were not great then. The backdrop of that Champions League run was that the club was starting to fall to pieces a bit, in a way. Yeah, yeah. It it, it was very much the death throes of that, that era, wasn't it? it? Just in terms of personnel, just in terms of Pochettino's ability to kind of cope with Tottenham Hotspur um, as an entity um, yeah I still if ever I see those videos come up on my you know YouTube or whatever well YouTube I suppose <laughs> <laughs> um, I still I still watch them I still watch yeah. them I still watch them and I still have those same sort of feelings I mean it doesn't it's only sort of after the fact I'm just like oh man that was it's getting getting quite a long time ago now, but again, I think because as you as you just say there that we when we were watching it when we were there, when we were experiencing it, the reason why it was so important and such an amazing experience, not just because of how the game itself played out, but because I think we knew that we were just getting, we were getting we were getting something at the end, and I, so I don't mean like getting to Champions League final. I think we just we all sort of knew that the writing was on the wall. And has sort of given up, but we were just given this like gift of a moment or many moments in that Champions League run that kept us going. To be honest, because man, if we hadn't, let's just say, if that Pochettino period had tailed off and we didn't have this tentpole of a thing that happened, you know, people can say, "Well, you we didn't win anything." It's like it's not the point. The experience that the experience of that it has sort of kept us going, and it has sort of like I don't know. It's unquantifiable, but just giving us something to sort of pin our hopes on that we have seen Tottenham actually <laughs> almost do something, and having that feeling and and knowing what that feeling feels like. You know, we had it against Man City, and we had it again a few weeks later against Ajax. It was so so important. It's been it has been so so important over the last four years because as much as it's it's been grim, it's still in the back of your mind, isn't it, about how good it can be. And I think that that's why it's such, it was such an important moment, not just in itself, but you know, in hindsight, it was such a mad time to be alive, though, wasn't it, man? Like it, it, it really, really was. And I remember it so vividly. Everything that you, you know, what you're saying there, like battering Dortmund after we've been given no kind of hope at all. You know, we going into the game, we oh, these lot are amazing. They're the young, and I, I just remember thinking like bollocks, man. Yeah, we'll do this lot, and we did. That game at the Etihad, you know, watching it at the fighting cock thing at that yeah, that place in Waterloo, just it being absolutely packed, and it was boiling. Remember that 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 year, it was so hot. All that kind of year, all that spring, all that summer, just being in that, like I say, that 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 boiling hot kind of venue, and just feel like the sort of the palpable excitement from everybody when Son goes up the pitch straight away and scores that goal at the 80 had and you're thinking like 
we're going to fucking do this. Like, what is going yeah. on? What is actually happening here at Spurs? What is going on? And at that time, we were all talking about how bad the team was then, that it needed that refresh. Pochettino had already been talking about, like, the furniture and all this type of thing. You know, we weren't happy with Winks and Sissoko being in midfield. We hadn't adequately replaced Kyle Walker. Danny Rose was kind of on his last legs. We weren't happy with everything then, but it showed you, and like you're saying there, it showed us that if you can just get that belief, you can get that spirit into a group of players, good things can happen. And whether or not, I mean, there's that part of me that feels that that whole run, the Pochettino era, Kane, Son, Ali, Ericsson, Vertonghen, Alderweireld, you know, Dembele, all the lat. I mean, Dembele sort of left halfway through that season, but mm. that group of lads, Danny Rose, Lloris as well, just the the will to want to see them win something and win something for Pochettino, it did make Ajax, it did make that Amsterdam night particularly special. And it's very hard to to see you, yourself getting behind another group of even Spurs players in that same way again. But when you really think about it, we were just as behind Bale and Modric, Ledley King, Rafa van der Vaart, you know, all those lads previously, Aaron Lennon. I remember that Champions League campaign, Peter Crouch scoring at the San Siro and absolutely losing my nut, you know. It's mm. so, we've just got hope that we can find that kind of galvanising figure, don't we? If that's Julian Nagelsmann or if that's Ryan Mason or fuck knows who else. I just want to. That's that's what I long for most about that. I don't even like. I don't even look at that really now after Ajax and think. All right, there's a bit of me that will think, oh god, it would be lovely if we won it. What I, what I mostly look back on that is like, God, remember that? Remember having a team that like you actually, there was something riding on it that you believed in it, and you just you just wanted to. To see them just just get it over the line, or just you were just so invested in them, right? Versus this that we we started this pod talking about this Crystal Palace. What we're we going to talk about? Oh, season's coming to an end. Oh, everyone's on the beach. Oh well, let's just hope. Let's just fucking hope. Let's all support Man City and hope that Arsenal don't win the league. It's miserable being back in this kind of goblin place, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just, it's just what it feels like. I just you know, and if I don't know if it was just it was the it was the best night ever, man. It was the best night ever, you know? Like you say, you watch all the old highlights of it. I still get all the fucking goosebumps. I get the goosebumps now yeah. thinking about it, you know? Here's Deli Alley, here's Lucas Moura. Ah, they've won it! You know, you just... It's 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 ingrained in me, you know? I'll yeah, never, yeah. ever get over that night. Yeah, like specifically the BT Sports, and what they, they were doing behind the line or something. It was like a kind of shot more like in a documentary style yeah. like it yeah that that thing that that is just one of my my favorite things ever put on camera it's just it's just wonderful to watch it that way um yeah and and as you say about um i think right after the final we were all a bit like oh it's kind of tainted amsterdam and it's oh it's going to be hard to look back on that because you know we we knew how special it was as you said we, when we were there and it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't blotted it at all. It's still like if I think about it now, I, it, it isn't tinged with sadness to no. me because, like, because it is enshrined in its own 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 
own place. Um, and I think that that is, again, like when, when, you're, when you're a day-to-day football fan or week-to-week, you get caught up in the kind of like everything has to lead somewhere and everything has to be, you know, part of a bigger picture. So it's, it's only when you kind of look back like we're doing now, it is, it is about that. It's about that. And it doesn't really matter that we didn't win it or not. I mean, obviously it does because I would have preferred us to win it. But in terms of what that experience was, it hasn't changed it. The uh, the parade would have been ugh, unbelievable, wouldn't it? <laughs> After I really I thought, thought I, I I I was just I was so convinced that we were going to beat Liverpool. I thought we were doing what they do normally, the kind of the the miraculous run to the final, the team that you know isn't the best team there, but just wins it, gets it over the line. But just that fucking handball, man. After seconds, you know. That, that's that's the only tinge of it for me. It's not even that we lost the final. It's the fact we it feels like we didn't even get the final, you know? Yeah, we didn't even get yeah. a game. We didn't even get to enjoy it. It was so fucking Tottenham. It was just it was just the perfect get it in my veins for any opposition fan, for Arsenal or Chelsea fans watching that, it must have been just so delicious to see that happen in yeah. seconds yeah, against yeah. for us, you know? Um, yeah, and I I've never rewatched any of it. Um, I have no real interest. We were good, in, mate. Um, we were that's the annoying thing. We were good. So that's it. So let's say that that didn't happen in that in that first twenty minutes. But what did happen was Origi scored a winner when he did. That would have absolutely destroyed me. But it's weird. As much as like it's only ninety minutes of football, the fact that we were losing from the start, you kind of I don't know. It, it's weird. We use it as an example, right? Look at the Liverpool game. I was quite relaxed at us being 3-0 down. Not because I thought, oh, we're going to get back in. I was just like, oh, we're going to whatever. Spurs are absolute shit at the moment. It's fine. Get back into it. And then to score and then concede immediately after and lose it, that absolutely fucked me. Yeah. As we've talked yeah, about. Yeah. You know, the break, the, my brain chemicals couldn't deal with that. It's horrible. And it? Yeah. And a week afterwards, I was like, well, this, is, well, this, this shouldn't annoy me as much as it does, but... So it just it just shows you that even though it's all hindsight and you're always looking back on on the game, that there's something in the fact that you know because we were one nil down from literally the first kick of the game or pretty much the first kick of the game, it was it was easier for me to deal with us having losing it, even though you know we still would have lost it either way in either scenario. But um, again, I haven't watched any of it so. But like you I say, I mean, he, he, we're doing this to ourselves now, but I'm also like, I don't, I still don't care because that night was, it was just unbelievable. And it doesn't, it doesn't take that. Yeah, naturally conversation will lead on to the final and what happened. But that night in isolation, all of it, you know, them playing there. Is it there? So it's the Three Little Birds, Bob mm. Marley's tune. That's usually their celebratory song, as much as I understand. And they played it at halftime this time. And Danny yeah. Rose, I think he spoke about that once, saying it wound the club, it wound the players up. Yeah, um, and it's a mug off as well because it's everything. Every little thing's going to be all right. It's like fucking mug me off like that. Yeah, things like but that. Even if that's not how it's meant, it might be meant more as a sort of a self-deprecating thing. But it's just not how footballers' brains work. It, it always subtlety. it always gets me as well. Think about because you know. Glenn Hoddle almost carked it a few weeks before and then when he's there in the in the punditry box saying, I'm so glad I was here to see that. Even just mm. saying it to you then, I'm like, whoa, 
it gets you, you know, like it really, you know, it's, this is, it was, it was special. I, I don't, I don't listen to, because I had this, I had a, a sort of Barney with one of my colleagues at the time who was a Man United fan, who, when I was going on about all this was just saying, oh, it's just so typical where like you lot, you just go on about this. You won a semi-final. So what? And I was like, but Scott, mate, like Come on. You, you've grown yes, up Scott. supporting cool Manchester enough. United. You've seen yourselves win all this stuff. I've grown up watching us finishing 12th most seasons and just being the absolute laughing stock of everything. You can't pretend like, you can't police <laughs> Spurs fans enjoying stuff like this. And I, I, I really resent Spurs fans policing ourselves over this type of thing, you know? Yeah. Because you, you do start to get this lashback, this kind of like, oh, well, we didn't win anything. The club's got a loser's mentality. But gives a fuck, man. Like, so few clubs win stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't, care, I don't care about that that sort of opinion though. That's that's the thing. I know what I experienced when I was there, in in Amsterdam, and afterwards, and before. In fact, it was great. It was just a great experience. Doesn't doesn't mean I can't look back on that fondly. That's ludicrous. Well, mate, while you're on that, what what did you experience before, during, and after Amsterdam? Please, just feel. I mean, obviously, we've recorded that pod. Three years ago now, I think the the one I did the one year anniversary of it, where I got everyone, to, everybody to recount their, listen to it if you haven't heard it already. Just search back, you'll find it, memories of Amsterdam or something it's called. But obviously, we attended, we attended uh, Dam Square together. Mm-hmm. We didn't have tickets for the game, but what are your? Go on, let the people at home know a bit more about about what we got up to. Um. <laughs> You know, you know, you know me, Jack. I'm not, I'm not like a huge drinker, right? <laughs> he, he says. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll set you up for that one. Um, had a few, had a few beers, didn't we, Jack? Hey, on the Eurostar, got told off, told off by a woman. We well, didn't realise that Charlotte was also a woman and was doing most of the singing. <laughs> what well, remember though, because they stopped football friends from taking <laughs> alcohol onto the train and. Yeah. Given that Charlotte's half Dutch, she knows a few words in Dutch. So, do I think we bought a box of wine or something? No, no, then... no, no, no. What what ha- what happened was we were like, oh, how do we get a bottle of wine on? Because yeah. we we know we, it was like we need some alcohol. We can't like we can't bring t- cans on because they, you know, they they probably wouldn't, but they might take it take it off you, right? So we we're like, oh, well, let's. So we we're looking at wine and we we're like, oh, let's let's get some wine and it was to be fair to, i'll toot my own horn it it was my idea to also buy a like a little wine bag you know like a little celebration what, what they called a gift bag right yeah. a gift bag for wine so and then for charlotte to write dear granddad happy birthday on it. <laughs> in dutch yeah, in dutch. <laughs> yeah so it was like we were bringing it it was a, so it was like it was a present so if we got stopped we're like no no it's a present for for her granddad who's dutch so we're going <laughs> over there we should have done it we should have done it with about six more bottles i, I don't think anybody checked at any point either did they no, we saw we saw other people on the train with beers and stuff so we were like we've mugged us <laughs> we've we've mugged ourselves off here like across the board in every quantifiable measure <laughs> You say that is one of my favourite moments of my life. So yeah, it, it <laughs> was to their own it, it was horses for horses. Yeah, and yeah, and, yeah, and I, I, it does get a little bit hazy after that. I do, well, I do remember. Yeah, being told off on the on the on the Eurostar, just as we were getting into Amsterdam, getting there, getting a taxi. When I think that was when the Liverpool game was on. 
Yeah, well, right, I, in the taxi. We had to because I remember like when we decided we were going to go out there, there was something mental, wasn't it? I think like 30 or 40,000 Spurs were going out to Amsterdam mm. and there were, I think, about 12,000 match tickets or something like that. Mm. And there, I remember there being, there were no hotels, no Airbnbs anywhere. We'd been looking and then Charlotte managed to find one which was in like the suburbs of Amsterdam, wasn't it? So we stayed in like this farmhouse which was basically around the equivalent of the m25 wasn't it like this sort of in the sticks (laughs) staying in like but it was like remember it was like the attic of an old barn or something wasn't it yeah 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 it was good um but yeah i remember like listening to the um liverpool game and then not my heart sinking but being like oh that means if even if we do win you know we were already down from the first leg and i don't think we were there going for well, we kind of talked ourselves into saying that we can actually beat Ajax, even though, you know, they were an excellent team, or, or so everyone thought anyway. Um, but I just remember, like, Liverpool being in the final, that then it, I remember being like, oh, Liverpool. Yeah. As much as, you know, it's not like it would have been necessarily better playing Barcelona, but just had this idea in my head that if we were going to win it, then we weren't going to win it beating Liverpool, you know, because it's Liverpool, we always lose to Liverpool. Barcelona, you know, oh, it's just another... European giant on the way that we can take down. Um, so I remember kind of feeling a bit flat after that, briefly, and then had some more beers, didn't we? We did, and oh, it just you know, oh, it's just amazing, wasn't it? I, I think what mm. <laughs> I remember the the day of the game though, us both having that nervous energy and sort of kicking around, waiting for everyone else to get ready, kicking around outside, like we say, this old barn. And there was this old half-deflated football, wasn't there, that clearly the, the farm dog had been chewing on or something like that. <laughs> We're just like sort of half hung over, yeah. all this nervous energy waiting for Tottenham in a Champions League semi-final, trying to kick this like flat ball about. And yeah, and it's like in some sort of like raised storm drain or something that we were playing, wasn't it? It's like a, like a, like a concrete, I don't know, a concrete tank or something it was weird i think the main thing like obviously we had we had a day in amsterdam on a beer went to that big food hall thing but the game itself managing to find because i remember dam square and the surrounding area every the bar that everybody told us to go to i can't remember the name of it was genuinely like that like there's going to be an incident in there packed wasn't it yeah it was horrible wasn't it yeah yeah went in for like five minutes and we were like let's get out of here like this i'm yeah nah I'm not watching it in here this is awful and kicking around sort of damn square trying to find somewhere that had the game on and that wasn't like absolutely heaving we sort of realised that was a fool's errand didn't we and so just kind of Mm. settled for that one random it was like it didn't even have a big screen did it we didn't even watch it on like a massive projector it was like one of those random little like corridor sort of bars that you find in Europe you know mostly with tables outside and just like a long, thin sort of bar thing with like a tiny little thing, like bar in the corner and just watching it on like a on a, a normal little like sort of 15 inch flat screen sort of Beko TV. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but not giving a shit, just kind of standing in there. And when those first two goals went in, us, the pair of us just been like, well, it was fun, wasn't it? Nice holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, and all that. Stand outside, yeah. And we spoke to that random lad who was like, no, you've got to keep the faith, lads. You've got to keep the faith. And we were like, yeah, whatever, you mug. Do you know what I mean? As we yeah. sort of <laughs> walked in as he was like policing our... Yeah, our misery. You go, you go, you go top, proper top them. It wasn't quite that. But we, we were talking about him being quite disappointed about it, and it, it was like, yeah, don't lose the faith. And you, you, fa- you re- failed to mention that there was like a cluster of um, IX fans in there as well, wasn't there? Down the end of the right, down the end of the bar. There were, yeah, kind of sat there all sort of smug, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, they disappeared pretty sharpish, but the. The game, Trampled. the game itself, just hazy. It's just that that explosion right at the end, that emotion when after Vertonghen had hit the bar, and you and I, we said to each other, "That was it. That was the moment. Damn it, fuck." They made us believe, mm. and like that was the moment. And then I still, I just, I can just recall so vividly the Lucas Moura goal flying in, and me looking to one side of the bar and there's you like literally in just like this pile of bodies like Spurs fans just every, it was like this massive bundle on the floor Shah standing on the table behind me just like crying just saying to me what's going on what's happening like I can't I can't compute this you know I can't what's happening looking over at Con and he's literally lying on the floor behind the bar and <laughs> And the whole place, just Spurs fans like holding their like their head in their hands, just like what this doesn't happen to us. This does not happen to this club. Like, what's going on? You know? Yeah. And I'll just I'll never ever forget that, you know? Walking out into Dam Square afterwards and it being a sea. Like it was what was it? It must have been at least ten thousand people there in Dam Square. All all Tottenham, all just on the blower back to Obviously, people back home and everything be like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I fucking love this club, you know? And just thinking, like, this is mental. We're having one of those nights that I've seen every other fucker have, and we've never had. We've won a fucking League Cup in well, a couple of League Cups in my life. Great, whoopee. But this European heritage, a massive night like that. The Champions League final, Tottenham in the Champions League final. At, you know, we're talking about at that point in our brains, trying to trying to process that, and not just how how are we in the Champions League final? How did we do it in that fashion? How are we here to see it? All all these all these things, just absolute elation, wasn't it? Just un- unreal. It's never going to leave me, mate. Never. And this is nobody can take that from us. They just can't. You know, and it doesn't matter if they. If people, if Liverpool fans, United fans, whoever have won it before, want to look down their nose at it and scoff, fair, fair dues, it's their prerogative. But to me, it was just, it was affirmation. You know, it was, this is everything we've spoken about, we've dreamed about, all this fucking echo of glory and all this shit. Like, it, that was it to a T. And it was glorious. And it was done with a manager that you, you saw the state of him after. That that mm. game, you know, it, absolutely ruined, wasn't it? You know, it's just, oh, it's it's unbelievable. What a time to be alive! All done without Harry Kane, might I add. <laughs> There's some food for thought, eh? <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just some weird thing that the greatest moment during this period of you know the Harry Kane era, he wasn't even part of it. 
limping around, was right. it? Jermaine Jennings. Yeah. Harry, Harry's ankle suddenly looking better, didn't he? Yeah, get, getting down. Didn't he get down into the um, changing room at half time and like give shouted at him? Oh. Didn't Kieran Trippier said? Oh, so. yeah. Is that something you want to be yeah. remembered for? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> Have you, have you ever heard Trippier, Trippier telling everyone? Flav loves doing that impression. Do you ever hear it on Fight Cop? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah but then Trippier saying that, telling everybody that, meant he got binned out of the club. Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Pochettino really didn't like that. He did. Well, he didn't like as well. Remember, it was like always because it. was it? It was Carl Walker Peters. People seem to believe that filmed the the infamous video after. After the Man City win, you know, when Poch is doing the cojones and all that, and they're all yeah. singing, oh, Musa Sissoko. And apparently, yeah. I think, I remember Kill, Killy P once saying that it didn't go down well in the club, that, that there's a whole, you have to protect the dressing room type thing. It, it wasn't a fan mm. of all that. But oh well, fucking Chelsea turncoat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can talk about protecting the club, can't you? Shit else. Are we gonna... That's gone quiet, isn't it? That's, that's all gone quite quiet. It seemed like it was absolutely imminent like a week ago. Yeah. And now it's just... Maybe he's thinking they're shy, you know? He'd be right, wouldn't he? Yeah. But are we... Just to to end this on a, on a you know, on a note, are we going to get back there, Phil? Can you, you know... I would, you would have probably said... I, I mean, I remember thinking at the time after Modric, Van der Vaart, Bale, that team thinking, well, it was nice to see us do that. And I'm, I'm glad I've seen that happen once in my lifetime. You know, Spurs having a nice run in the Champions League. And then a handful of years later, we've made the Champions League final beat in Ajax. So Surpassing it would be, it, yeah. you know, it, it would be remiss to think that we potentially couldn't go one step further at some point in our lifetime. Well, yeah, I mean, it's shown us that we can do it. The fact that, you know, we were also absolutely astonished that we got there. I'm not saying it's now become an expectation, but it has proved to us that all this like, oh, we're only Tottenham, we're, only, we're shit in the 90s, Dean Austin, all that sort of thing. There's no bearing if you get it right or even if you get it wrong and it still just takes you somewhere like that season was. You can get there. And I think that that's what it, that's what it has done. I mean, again, we're probably anyone who actually experienced that with the club is probably going to be gone certainly in the next like four years or so so it's just important that we um that stitch that into our dna you know what i mean not this kind of what is the Tottenham dna perennial losers can't win a semi-final you know shit basically that's that's the sort of thing that we need to kind of refocus on and not you know again that's why it's important to kind of see that as an achievement in it in itself just because we went on to lose the final it gave us something didn't it it gave us something in our kind of beings about being Spurs fans that's that's the sort of thing that we kind of need to ingratiate into ourselves and I do think that the, the fans and the, the crowd at the stadium they do need to get their heads around the fact that if we're going to be a big club we need to start thinking and acting and supporting the club like a big club Sissoko. Here's Deli Alley. Here's Lucas Mora. Oh, they done it! I cannot believe it! Lucas Mora with the last kick of the game. The Ajax players collapse to the ground. Tottenham Hotspur are heading to the Champions League final with a goal that we just couldn't believe. 
Thank you, thank you, football. <laughs> this type of emotion without football, I think it's impossible to live. Uh, I know I am so emotional now, and thank you, our fans. So, thank you, the people that believe in us from the beginning of the season to achieve this amazing moment. I think it's fantastic. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 